third grade and under and want to go back to children's church at this point, then you're free to go. And the rest of you, you are not free to go. You must stay. Stay here. My name is Brent, and I am the youth and missions uh, pastor here, and I will be preaching this morning. Our, our interim, our interim, oh, they might have needed that later, sorry. Uh, our uh, interim, Richard, uh, is ha- had double knee replacement, so that sounds horrific, and so just be praying for him. He's hoping to be back next week. If he is, he'll be down here and not on stage, come next week, and you'll find out how that's going. But I think uh, his goal is to be here next week. So, so he's our interim teaching pastor. We are in process of, of, uh, of finding a new teaching pastor. Uh, if you're visiting with us, glad that you're here. Um, and we also have a new members class today. It doesn't mean if you go to it that you're automatically committed. But if you are wondering more about our church, what's going on, how's the pastor church thing going, what are you Eve, um, then we have a lunch and class right after today, and we'd love for you to be a part of that, or fill out one of those connection cards so we can at least follow up with you and see what questions, what ministries we have here, and that kind of stuff. All right, this morning, uh, we're going to be looking at uh, Joshua 24. Um, We're going to be in that passage, Joshua 24, and we're going to go through a big chunk of it, and I am going to try to talk slowly and... and, uh, understandably, but sometimes I I, I speak fast, and I apologize for that. So Joshua 24, verse 1, and this is uh, Joshua, uh, it's the end of the book, so kind of a spoiler alert, Joshua is about to die, okay? And so he's gathered the nation of Israel together and kind of giving them one last charge. Um, I will just, I'll ask you, you good church-going people, what do you think Joshua is going to tell these people? Last words? Anything? Any guesses? I, I couldn't hear you, but follow God. Right. Like, okay, like, okay, it'd be weird if he said, oh, this stuff I've been teaching you is crazy. Run the other direction. No, he's going to say, follow God. So this is a big charge to them, um, and so he's going to challenge them to follow God. Um, with this, there's a, there's a, there's just some overlying big things I want you to see uh, as we get going here at the beginning. I'll just go ahead and tell you uh, what they are, and then, then maybe you'll see it as we read. Okay, the first thing he, wa- he wanted them to do is what I wanted you to do this morning, is remember how good God is, okay? Um, because, you know, like we all at times, are we're real self-centered, or I'll speak for myself. I am real self-centered. So, a lot of times we tend to think like, oh, God's not doing this. You know, why, why do I get mad at God? For many different reasons, God hasn't done what I wanted him to. And, and Joshua's reminding remind the people right off the bat, like, how good God is. Like, he has done so many good things for you throughout your life. So even during periods of time where you're kind of frustrated and you're like, I don't know where God is or, or I don't know why this is happening the way it is, like, still remember that God is faithful. God is good. Um, And like I say, if nothing else, that that Jesus died and allowed us, rebellious sinners, a way to to have salvation, forgiveness, that is enough. Um, And he's reminding us, this is even pre-Jesus, obviously, 
But he's reminding them of, he's going to go through this kind of history deal. Um, so some of you who are like, you grew up in church, you're like, oh yeah, I love this stuff. I know all these stories. I watched the Veggie Tales. I got songs about these. I remember that theme in VBS. I got to, I was once in a play about that. You know, and so some of you are like, I am an Israelite. Like I am a, you know, I know all this stuff, you know, and, you know, and my parents set me down and taught me as a child. Others are like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Some of these cities, no idea no idea what, you know, what this stuff is, and that's okay. Um, that's actually cool. I've, I've, uh, church punks at times can be really annoying. But so, so Israel, I mean, so Joshua is going to walk Israel through the history and just remind them, remember when God did that? Remember when God did that? Remember when God did that? Even, and it left out a lot of the bad part. Like, remember when y'all rebelled again and God still was merciful? And so that's what he's going to go through the beginning. He's just rem- remember how good God is. And then um, he's going to remind them that at times, you tend to forget how God is good and you worship other things, okay? The Israelites are stupid, aren't they? Yeah. You know who the Israelites are today? Like, not really the Israelites, but I'm talking, when you read this, you're like, why don't these get this? If God would have done that to me, I would have, I would pursue him. I would never, I would never leave God yet. We do that. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe we've never seen the burning bush. We've never, well, yeah, but if it split the sea and I got to, then I would never back down. I got, okay, well, God has been really clear and really, you know, big to us at times and we do the same things. We're like, man, I'm all in. I'm running hard for God. And then three weeks later, four weeks later, two years later, we're in the wilderness and we're complaining about, God, you know, why haven't you done this? And we're worshiping other little, small, ridiculous idols um, and, and, then, and so he's saying, we've got a choice to make. And then the people go, we want to follow God. And then Joshua goes, you have no idea what, that, what the, that's going to require of you. It's going to require a lot more of you. So don't just go into this flippantly. So that's where we're going. I'll read some of this, but I especially want you to see that at the beginning when, when it's kind of going through this history thing, because some of you are going to be going, this is boring, okay? So th- we're not going to have a Bible test over this later, but I just, what, what God is saying here in this beginning, he's even reminding them, remember, I've done this for you, I've done this for you, I've done this for you, I've done this for you. You have a choice now. Do you want to follow me or do you want to run after idols? Um, and, and, but God's reminding them that he's, he's not wanting them just to, he, he's wanting them to remember like that he's a God that cares for them. He is a good God. He's going to require everything from them, but he is a good God. You know what I'm saying? Because because that's the same with us. Like God is not like we don't get to come to God on our own terms. Like, well, I'm going to test this thing out. Like God demands your life, but you can also see the track record. God has your best interest at heart, um, but we still struggle with that. All right, so we're going to read this this uh, passage, um, starting in, in verse one, and uh, and remember this first first 13 verses. It's kind of some history of the Israelites, but this is not so that they would pass a test. It is to remind them, this is what I've done, and and we'll hit this. Okay, so Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem and summoned Israel's elders, leaders, judges, uh, um, officers, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, has said. Long ago, your ancestors, including the father of Abraham and Nora, uh, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. So that's what you came from. But I took your father Abraham, all right, some of you church kids, that's exciting. Father Abraham, many sons, you know, the Christian hokey pokey, it's exciting. All right, so, so he said, I took your father Abraham 
all right? And we, and, you know, that song, I don't really know. It's just a time kill. It's just like, uh, and, and you're just like, oh, yeah, we get to stand up and sing song. But, like, what he's saying here is this is Father Abraham. And, and as a kid, you're singing the song. You're like, whatever. Um, my father's name is Glenn, but y'all don't know that. So I'm just going to do the song because I get to dance in church, and that's exciting. But, yeah, Father Abraham, this is the Abrahamic blessing. This is when God tells Abraham that I am going to take you. And so this is, once again, this is really crazy cool because God is, Abraham wasn't looking for this. God took him and said, Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation of you, and I'm going to bless the world through you, all right? And that's not because Israel's awesome. That's because Jesus is going to come out of uh, of this nation. All right, so he took Abraham uh, from that region beyond the Euphrates River um, and led him through the land of Cana uh, and multiplied his descendants. He's going to have as many kids as the sand on the sea, which, let's be honest, parents, is that a blessing? I mean, I mean, children are a blessing. You want a bunch of them, quiver or the arrows, something like that, but I don't know. That sounds tiring, but I'm questioning Scripture. That's not good. Okay, children are a blessing, and you should have as many as the sands on the seashore. All right, Abraham was excited about that, um, so that is good. All right, um, and, um, and he said, and I gave Isaac, um, uh, and I gave him Isaac, and Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and gave uh, the hill country uh, to Esau as a possession. Jacob and his sons, however, they went down to Egypt, all right? So we're just kind of walking you through that. You're like, okay, yeah, I remember I've seen those VeggieTales. This is, uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, Egypt is coming up here. You know, got go down to Egypt. That's Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go. If you're looking for a Christian song on that one, uh, that's a generation gap. I think we've lost that one. That was more of an 80s thing. Uh, verse 5, I sent Moses and Aaron, uh, and I defeated Egypt by what I did, all right? So once again, he's saying all this, like, I did this. God, and that's what's really cool if you just go through this. And like, I sent Moses and Aaron. I defeated the Egyptians by what I did. Afterwards, I brought you out. So God's making it real clear, like, they are, this assembly is taking place in the promised land. They're in the promised land. And so he's just reminding them, I, I did all this. Like, you know, you may, the Israelites, they might have, like, been taking a picture, you know, to, like, post on, you know, Snapchat that night. Like, you know, look at us, hashtag blessed, we're here in the promised land. And then he, you know, God's saying, no, no, no. Like, I did all that. Like, you did nothing, all right? So I am blessing you, uh, but you got to remember that. Like, I'm blessing you, and the question is, like, why have I blessed you? It's for you. All right, so he's saying, I'm I brought you, um, okay, then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you're like, that's a good thing, and you reached the, the Red Sea, were pursuing you, and that's scary, all right, this is one of the best stories ever, um, your fathers, uh, they were pursuing your fathers with chariots and horsemen um, as far as the sea, and so what do you do at that point? You, you pray, God, help us, you know, you know, help us. These are the same people that later are going, we should have been, it's better for us to be slaves in Egypt than out here having to die in the, in the wilderness. But boy, aren't they, these people are, they're not smart. They quickly run from their God, unlike us today. All right, the fathers, your fathers cried out to the Lord. And so he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea over them, engulfing them. And he says, your own eyes saw what I did in Egypt. And after that, you lived in the wilderness a long time. So some of these people who were in the promised land, some of them, only those who are 20 and under, they were a part of the process. All those who are above 20, they kept complaining, and God said, you're all going to die. None of you are going to the promised land, all right? 
Merry Christmas, okay? Um, so that's, but God's like, I've had enough of your rebellion. And so there's a, there is a, you, once again, the whole counsel of God's word, there is that. God is gracious, God is patient, but at times he has enough and he says, you're going to die. I'm tired of dealing with you. Um, and that's what he did there. So, so some of the, but some of these, the 20 and unders, uh, they remember like, oh yeah, we, like, this isn't, these aren't just stories we've seen. These aren't like, we didn't watch the VeggieTale movie and hear Granddad. Like, we remember that. Like, remember that when we were running from Egypt and we thought we were going to die and then we didn't die and then we were going, whoa, God is awesome. That is cool. And like, there's those moments that where you're, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, like, God is good. And many of us, we'd go like, yeah, and if that happened to me, I would never turn from God. Yet, I think if we're honest, there's moments in our lives where we're like, man, God is good, and I'm, I, I would never run after other things. And then we, like the Israelites, just a couple years later, we're like running after these other gods that will never satisfy. We're complaining about, what has God done for us? Like, what has he ever done? For, like, it's like, well, remember that whole split the sea, not dying thing? Like, yeah, but still, we're having to eat manna every day. This is getting tiring. Whatever. All right, so... So, uh, so, he, so he's saying, in your own eyes saw what I did. He's reminding them, I did all this. Just remember that, what I've done. Later, I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived beyond the Jordan, and they fought against you. Remember that? That was unfortunate. But I handed them over to you, and you possessed their lands, and I annihilated them before you. Once again, God did this, God did this, you didn't. <clears throat> Balak, son of Zephor, king of Moab set out to fight against Israel and he sent uh, Balaam son of Beor uh, to, cur- to curse you but I would not listen to Balaam and instead he repeatedly blessed you and I rescued you from him then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho another super cool story Jericho's citizens as well as the Amorites the Perzites the Canaanites the Hivites the Jezusites the Hevites the Gebezites they all fought against you but I handed them over to you I sent hornets ahead of you, and they drove out the two Amorite kings before you. And this, just in case you don't get this, God, God says, It was not by your sword or bow. I gave you the land you did not labor for, and the cities you did not build. Though you live in them and are eating the vineyards and the olive groves, you did not plant. Uh, and so at this point, they're in the promised land, and it's, it's peacetime. And so God's just reminding them, remember, through Joshua, remember all these things I've done for you, all right? And, and Joshua knows he's about to die, and so he just wants to gather them up, and he said, remember, God is good. He's been so faithful to us throughout our past. Don't run after other things. He's just reminded us. So I think it's good for us at times, because we, honestly, we do go through ups and downs of when we feel good about God, when we, when we are confident that God is real, and then we have those doubts of like, man, if God is real, and if God is all-powerful, and if God is loving then, then why is this going on? And if God can do anything, then why does he allow? So we have those moments. I mean, that's just all there is to it. But I think it's good to remember, like, God is big, God is king, and God knows what he's doing. And you look at the things where he has done many, many good things in your life or even in your history that may even, like this, goes even outside of your things that you've seen. Uh, like I say, if nothing else, every one of us, because of Jesus' death on the cross, has the opportunity to have salvation, which is way more than we deserve. So he's reminding them, don't forget everything that God has done for you. All right, so that's cool. Verse 14, why, like, okay, Joshua, why are you telling us all this? Like, we're good church people. We, we know God is good. 
worship God, blah, 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 blah. We didn't even need to come to church today. We know this. Like, why are you telling us this? Because you are prone, your heart is prone to wander. Your heart is prone to run after other stuff. And so that's kind of where, that's why Josh was telling them this, not to, hey, remember, 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 so you'll pass a test. Like, remember, because you are so quick to forget, and you are so quick to run after other things. All right, verse 14. Therefore, fear the Lord and worship him sincerely, uh, in sincerity and truth. Well, of course. Why wouldn't we? Get rid of, uh, get rid of the gods your fathers worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt uh, and, and worship the Lord. It's like, well, why would you even tell us that? Because we're worshiping idols. That's why you're telling us that. Because even though we say, yay, God is good, like we are holding on to idols. Like literally, they've got other gods they're worshiping. These people are not smart. But if you do not please, but it, okay, so, all right, so let's just stop here and then we're gonna, and then, well, I'll read this, I'll read this next verse because here's the question we all have, here's the choice we all have, which, by the way, We'll read it and then go all over the place with other stuff. All right, verse 15. But if it doesn't please you, all right, so, so Joshua's saying, like, God is great, follow God. Like, you need to worship God. You need to worship God. And this is, I love this verse. But if it does not please you to worship the Lord, then choose for yourselves today which you will serve. The God of your father's worship beyond the Euphrates River are these gods in this land we're living in now. As for, and then he obviously gives the right answer. For me and my family, we're going to worship the Lord. Okay, a couple of things in this. All right? so one is, this is, I was reading this, read some other commentaries on this. It was a very side note, but I think it's awesome. Uh, because this is a, this is tension, and I'm not going to resolve this, okay? But I'll just throw it out there because I think it's good. Maybe it's just going to be a big distraction. Okay, but this is so super cool here because in this passage, that, uh, because there's this tension between like God's sovereign and man's choice. God's sovereignty and how much you know, responsibility does God, does man have free will? This is cool because this is a one chapter that talks about God, I took Abraham, I did this, I did this, you did nothing, I, 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 I am sovereign God, now you choose, which is kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? It's like, because there is a responsibility for us to then respond to this God, um, yet there's also... It's not like God is not sovereign. That help? No. But I'm saying it's tension in Scripture. So if that doesn't mean anything to any of you, like, I mean, if it doesn't mean anything to some of you, that means that's great. But some of us that are constantly like, oh, what, you know, how is sovereignty and free will and this and that? Like, like, it's some tension in Scripture. And this is a cool, it's both. Like, God is sovereign. God is in control. There is responsibility for man to, to respond because when you respond correctly, then that's good. And when you rebel, then there's discipline in that. And why would God discipline if there's not some bit of a, of a choice? So I just thought that's a really cool passage where you see God is sovereign, God is in control, God is big, man is little, but God, man does have a, a, a choice, a responsibility to make about who are they going to serve, what are they going to do, are they going to follow God? All right, so verse 14, let's go back to that. Um, Get rid of the gods your forefathers or your fathers worshipped, all right? Um, so quickly on this, uh, do we have idols today? Yes, okay. And so, so um, I'm not, not going to go over because as I begin to list stuff and people just like bow up like, oh, really? Like, come on, because, you know, we don't like it when people touch our idols for some reason. Um, so, but let me just say this, uh, and I'll hit on a couple because... Um, 
you know, but, but I'm not going to give a list of these are the lists because you're like, oh, mine went on there. Awesome. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. But I'll say this, like an idol is anything that competes for our love and our affection um, and, and, our, and, you know, our worship of God. Um, this is why one, one guy, it's like anything that becomes ultimate to us, okay? And here, here's the thing that, that, that God was challenging the Israelites. They never said they didn't worship God. They just were polytheistic. Like, we, we never said we don't worship God. We worship God, and we worship this other stuff. And God's saying, no, I don't tolerate that. So here's where it's even, um, there's some tension in that. Like, because what I'll, I'll do, you know, you've got to keep God first, right? You've got to keep God first. And then there's other things that I love a lot, but they're like second and third. Like, you know, and they're not, they're not like, they're not, God is first, and I love some other things, but God is first. But you've got to be careful because if we just, that, that's also theistic. Like, I worship the God of Israel, but also like the sun God, I like the, the, you know, the fertility God, I like the, the God of, you know, we, so we have these other gods. God is first, but there's other gods, and God said, no, I'm not, I'm not asking you to mix me in to one of many loves and passions. Like, I demand to be number one, um, and God is real clear about that. So, so, so that's what you just got to ask. So here's, here's um, is something an idol in your life? Because I'll, I'll be, most of us in this room, you know, you would say God is number one. You've made it to church on a Sunday morning. So most of us say number one. And most of the things that compete to be second or third or, or other are not going to be like, man, I, I want to be a Christian, but I love worshiping the moon God. I mean, it's so cool. Or I want to be a Satanist and a Christian. How do I make, like, it's not that. A lot of times the things that we put as false gods are, are, can even be blessings, but we just elevate them to where, you know what, I love them more than God. Okay, so I'll just give a couple, like, okay, one is me, okay, me. There's only one person on the planet that struggles with Brent Lightsey worship, and that is Brent Lightsey. It's weird, but, that, but I don't know, maybe you struggle with other, but so here's, like, I'm praying, like, God, show me what my idols are, me kept popping up. That's so stupid. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so here, here's what's stupid. Idols aren't, are, when you compare like God to whatever you're worshiping, it's ridiculous. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it will never satisfy. It, it will always let you down. It's got no power. It's like you're worshiping a wooden monkey. Like you're worshiping Brent Light. Same thing. Like no power. No, if you think that's going to satisfy you, you're crazy. It'll let you down big time. Okay, so so I don't know what, what your idols are, and what you, but they can even be good things, like, like family. God wants you to have family, but family can be an idol. If you love your family more than God, it becomes an idol. Your, my, my safety and my health, like God wants me to be safe and healthy, and so I can pray that, you know, God put a hedge of protection around me and, and safety and blessing, but if safety and blessing and hedge of protection becomes priority over following God, then you understand that's an idol. And God hates idols, and God won't tolerate you to worship other things. And so, so we just be careful what those kids can't, family can't. We'll, we'll go ahead. It's kickoff of sports team stuff today. NFL starts up, so there's no idols. I, that's the one that's easy to go to because you see, like, but this is kind of, I love sports, by the way. Um, so some of you kind of like, you know, like, oh, yeah, you, you know, you don't wor- worship, you don't raise your hands today, yet yesterday at the football game, you're like, what? you know, I'm not going to beat you up for that. But I will say, you know, there is something to be said about that. Passion 
and energy and time. And so at times, sports are my God. And here's the, here's the thing that's really crazy. Like, does that ever satisfy you? No, like Aggie fan. I'm oh, sorry. No, does that ever satisfy I'm just saying, that was a tough loss last night. It could be worse. You could be a Baylor fan. We got all kind of problems. So, but Cowboy fans, I mean, come on. Does that ever satisfy? And even if you win the Super Bowl or win state or whatever, it's like, that's, that's the sad thing about when you see athletes who don't have hope in Christ is they want, Tom Brady's got an amazing interview about that. Like, man, I just feel like there should be something more. Like, that never is going to satisfy. That's what, any false God is never going to satisfy. So, so I don't want to sit here and here's the list of idols, but I, we have tons of them. We have tons of them. And, and I, I would encourage you, like, what, what do you, if, if God removed this from your life, and you got to be careful there because, like, your children. I mean, you know, but, but, but if, God, if God did remove them from your life, are you still going to worship God, or does that really hack you off? You know, uh, you know and that would, kids would be one of those. Like, like, would you walk away from your faith if something happened to your family? Um, and so it's always, you know, kind of keeping those things in check. Like, do, do I love God above all else? Um, and I've given my life to Him. All right, so he said, you know, so, so put aside these other idols. Um, but if you don't want to, if you, and this is the cool thing, God does not make you choose him, but he does make you choose. It's either him uh, and you've got to put the others inside. You can't just mix him in and go, well, God is number one. And okay, like this real quick, I think this makes sense. Like I am married. I am married to Nicole, right? This is always good. It's always, it's always incredibly awkward when we can talk about, about marriage on the stage. Just trust me, if you haven't done it before, it's awesome. But, but I'm not going to get in trouble here. All right, so I am married to Nicole, um, and, and, and I love her. She's number one in my life. Can I get an amen or anything? Okay, good. I don't know. Okay, so that's okay. But would she be okay with me going, you know, Nicole, you're number one, and there are other women, but you're number one. I mean, how do you think that would fly? You know what I'm saying? All right, and so that's a human relationship. And so why do we think that the God of the universe would be okay with us? I mean, in, in, the, in the Bible, it talks about like we're being adulterous people. Like he wants that relationship with us. And when we run after other things, no matter how stupid it is, when we run after other things and, and give them the time and energy and love and affection and passion and all of our energy, everything to, we begin to worship and God hates that. So God's not just saying, okay, check the box, you're a, you're a Christian. In Texas, that's real easy to go, well, I'm a Christian. God's number one, amen. And now I got these other things. A God is not fine with you being polytheistic and having other loves that, that even rival him. All right, but if, it, if following him, that doesn't please you, then you choose today and you go worship these other things. And then uh, Joshua said, but as for me and my family, we're going to worship the Lord. That's one thing that you may have to do as well. It's like regardless of what anybody else in the crowd does, like I'm all in. I know what I'm doing, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going for God. You, you all should as well. I hope you do. But no matter what, like I'm, I'm going all in for God. Because here's, here's, I think, what's really big. It's got to be like this is what, as for me, because there are times when some of your Christian friends will waver and they'll bail. And so it better be like, I'm all in on this. I'm going for God because I know it's right, regardless of what even some other Christian friends, my other Israelite brothers do. I'm, I'm worshiping God. All right, verse 16. And the people, this is great, they said, certainly we will not abandon the Lord or worship other gods, exclamation point. Like, yes, 
this is what we want. We want to worship God. For the Lord our God brought us and our fathers out of the land of Egypt. We remember. We, some of us were there. Others have seen VeggieTales. We know that God brought us out of the land of Egypt. Like, he's a good God. He brought us out of slavery. He performed great signs before our eyes. Um, he also protects us along the way. Uh, and we, when we went among the peoples whose lands we traveled, and the Lord drove out all those people before us, including the Amorites who live in this land now. So we have the promised land now. God's faithful, and he's brought everything you know, full circle. We, too, will worship the Lord because he is our God. Woo! Everything went great. And Joshua is like, that is awesome. Let's pray, and let's go home, and let's go get some food. Like, no, Joshua, this is the worst I don't think Joshua gets it. This is the worst response. If you're giving a message to people and they say, yes, we want to follow God, and Joshua said, oh, you're not able. Nope, no, you don't. You're not able to follow the Lord because he is a holy God and he is a jealous God and he will not forgive your transgressions and sins. If you abandon the Lord and worship foreign gods, he will turn against you, um, harm you, and completely destroy you after he has been good to you. Okay, so that seems kind of crazy that Joshua would say that, but I think what Joshua is doing here is he wants, to, he wants them to understand, like, what a big deal, what, what a big deal it is for them. Uh, Jesus, Jesus does the same thing in Luke 14 when he, when he has a large group of people, and they're wanting to follow him, and he says, you need to consider the cost. Consider the cost of following me. Like, if you're going to come after me, you need to love me more than your mother and your father and your brother and sister, than your own life. And you've got to lay everything down. You've got to pick up your cross and follow me. So Jesus, it, he wasn't just like, oh, all these people are here. Oh, I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me. We, we'll give you pizza. Um, we'll just keep you happy. We'll trick you into being a follower of Jesus because we just need more Christians. Jesus was like, you've got to understand, this is what is required like, I'm, call, I'm requiring you to die to yourself and be all in. I could care less about having a ton of people. What I want is people who understand the call is everything. And God can do more with people who are full on, a handful of people who are full on all in than large groups of people who are kind of, well, we kind of like God, but we also worship these other things. And so Joshua's doing the same thing. He's like, you got to realize, like, it's not just a flippant commitment of like, you check the box, we're going to pass out these things, you want to be a Christian or not. Like, no, you, you understand that, that God is a holy God. And if you're saying that you want to follow him, then he's going to hold you to that. And when you rebel, he disciplines those he loves. And he's not like these other gods where you think you can appease them by you know, doing these acts or putting you know, whatever. Like, like God is a holy God and you can never make it up to him. And so just understand this is a big deal. Um, all right, and verse 21, and they said, no, uh, we will worship the Lord. So they said, we're still in. We understand, we understand the, the cost. We understand what you're asking us to do, and we're going to do this. Verse 22, Joshua then told the people, you are witnesses against yourself um, that you have chosen to worship the Lord. So they said, okay, like you're, you're, you're meaning this. Um, and they said, we're witnesses. Verse 23, then get rid of the foreign gods um, that are among you and turn your hearts to the Lord the God of Israel. So he said, so there's an action. Not just a, oh yeah, we want to follow God, but like what actions do you need to take to make him number one? To, to, to get rid of the foreign gods 
Um, and so they need to, okay, so if you're really all in on following God, then one practical thing is let's get rid of the idols. Let's get rid of those now. Um, so you need to do that. And so in our lives, that's a practical thing. Some of us need to get rid of idols. Uh, another, I thought this was good, um, talk about like one of the best ways to get, to get rid of idols is also to love God. So it's not always like, oh man, my children are an idol sometimes. I must get rid of them. No, that's it. It's like, but to, to, to elevate your love for God, the more you love God, it's okay to have these blessings. It's okay to have a house. It's okay to have a car. It's okay to have family. It's okay to want safety and want health as long as those don't become idols. So the, just like you love God and your love for God is, is way up here to where if anything else happens with your car or your house or your health or your family, it doesn't mess you up because these are not like they were not God to you. They were, God is God. These other things are blessings. You love them and you're, you love them, but they don't rival for like your, to be your ultimate, your everything. And so he said, get rid of these, these foreign gods. So people said, we will worship the Lord our God and obey him. On that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people um, at Shechem and established a statute and ordinance for them. Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. And he also took a large stone. He set it there under the tree, under, under the oak, um, at the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to all the people, you see this stone, it will be a witness against us for it has heard all the words the Lord said to us and it will be a witness against you so that you will not deny your God. Then Joshua set the people away each to his own inheritance. So they did that kind of like a reminder. They did these altars were all throughout the promised land and it would remind them when, you know, and it would be a teaching point like, well, why, what is that, what happened here? And it's a time to remember, oh yeah, remember that's when we committed that we are going to worship the Lord and we're going to teach these other people to worship the Lord, um, you know, our children and stuff and remind them what God has done for us. The cool thing about this, Judges goes into Judges, Joshua dies, sorry, sad times, um, the cool thing about this is we are so, I am, like the Israelites are stupid. They constantly say, yeah, we're going to follow God, and then they don't. Um, it's frustrating because it reminds me of me. Um, but the cool thing about this in Judges 2, this generation did it. Like, so it's cool. It wasn't a camp pie, and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to live for Jesus. Or the, the farmer who spreads seed, and they spring up, and then they die because of the cares of this world or, you know, all the, the junk of this earth chokes it out. These people, they said, they said that, that the Israelites worshipped worshiped God. Um, the Israelites worshipped God during Joshua's life and until this generation died off. After that generation died off, then an extra generation came who did not remember God and did not remember the things he did, and they ran after other gods. But the cool thing is, like, it's not always empty commitments. These people really meant it. They said, you know what? Like, we have a choice to make between following God and continuing to worship these other gods, and we're going to choose to follow the God of Abraham. And they, they did it, which I think is really encouraging because at times uh, they didn't. And, and when these, and, and Joshua's warning was true because when these, the next generation of Israelites rebelled, he was saying, like, you've got to realize what a big commitment it is. And if you rebel, if you do not keep God as a priority, then there will be definitely uh, judgments that come on you, which did. So practical application of today's message. One is to remember what God's done for you. Remember, it, it's, it's good for us to remember the many, many blessings, the, the, how God is patient with us, how God is, 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 has blessed us beyond measure. Um, so remember that. Um, don't be people who just constantly say, God, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? Why haven't you done this? Why has it been so long? But remember the things that God has done for you. Be grateful and then also, you really pray about what, what, 
what are the things in your life that compete for your love and affection for God? Because understand that God is not on board with us being polytheistic. God is not on board with us maybe even saying he's number one, but man, there's, there's about five others who we, we really get way more excited about. We spend way more time and energy about. Um, and, and, you know, we wouldn't say it at church, but if we're honest, like we love these things. Like God, because we know we're, we're in Texas and we're, we're Christians, we love God. But the reality is if, if somebody didn't know that and they just checked out our life, man, they would see our passion, our energy, and our time for these other things. So I think we got to keep those other idols in check um, because God does not tolerate that. And then just realize what a, what a big deal it is, like I say, that, that we worship a, a big, holy, sovereign God. And so we don't need to lightly just kind of go, oh yeah, I am a Christian. I'm going to follow Jesus. Like, like he demands us to put him number one um, and for us to not take that lightly. So choose today who you're going to serve. You're going to f- serve God who's been faithful, who is sovereign, or are you going to run after whatever little idols that are so oftentimes uh, take us away? Let's pray, and we'll give you a chance to respond today after this. Dear Lord, we come before you, and I, and I thank you for your word um, that speaks to us, that, that, that even though this, is, you know, this story took place thousands of years ago, um, it is real clear still today in my life. It's still clear um, in our, you know, church's life of, of how we, we know you're good. We know you're a good God and worthy of our worship. Uh, but at the same time, God, we, just like the Israelites, are so prone to run after things, run after other little G gods and worship them. God, I pray that we would, um, you know, we realize what a big deal it is to you, that, that you hate it, um, you view that as adultery, um, and you won't tolerate it. And so, God, I pray that we would, we would be thankful that you're gracious and you're merciful. Uh, but at the same time, God, we, we remember that you do discipline those uh, who you love. Um, and if we claim to be Christians, if we claim to be God followers, yet don't put you as number one, um, then that's a big deal. Um, so, God, I pray that we would, we would uh, respond correctly. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing a song, and, and 